0: So, one Trojan moves on to a new chapter in his life, and a new Trojan moves in. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Colkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And once again, I hope you're enjoying the show and thank you for coming along for the ride. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, I'm going to ask you why. Do me a favor, hit that red subscribe button. It would mean a whole heck of a lot. And to the thousands of you who already have A very sincere thank you. This episode of Locked On USC is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com forward slash locked on to get started today. All right. On Monday, offensive lineman Jason Rodriguez retired from football. He gets to now move on to the next chapter in his life. He came in to USC. He was part of the 2019 recruiting class. And he was just one of two offensive linemen that USC brought in that year. Um, the other being Gino Quinones. Gino has, this in the last year, seen uh, his playing time increase. He's competed, he's battled, and he's found a role for his for his, uh for himself in 2022. Hopefully he's going to continue that uh, that growth and that role in 2023. Uh, unfortunately, uh, when Jason was recruited with Gino, both of them were brought in uh, during a time when USC was running a different offensive style uh, that would be more inclined specifically for Jason. He is what I would consider a – a mauler, a run blocker type. And when he came in, USC's offense was kind of in that T Martin hodgepodge. And then you had Graham Harrell came along and it just didn't really seem to, to fit Jason's style. Um, And here's the thing is he's one of the best people you're going to ever meet. I mean, he comes from a great family in his four years at USC, not once did you ever hear a negative thing said about Jason. He just went to work, went to class, did his job, and I, you know, I think he really enjoyed his time um, with the program. And if you read his his farewell retirement um, going away Instagram speech, I think you would uh, you would say the same thing. But again um i'm not sure the the type of player that jason is really fits the systems but especially now since lincoln riley arrived i just don't know if uh he was in in the in the plans for the future so it's time for jason made the decision he's going to move on he's going to retire from football uh i have some insight into what he might do professionally um, I haven't been given that permission. Just know this. Jason will always be protecting somebody. Again, just a great young man. And uh, I feel honored to know him and his family. And uh, hopefully uh, that barbecue doesn't end, even though Jason's time on the team has. But he's leaving with a degree. And that's the most important thing. Uh, and, and here's something else. you know, Jason could have bailed out when the writing was on the wall in 2022. I think he's not dumb. He's a very smart individual, uh, but he he's always been a team-first guy. So he hung out, he worked on and off the field. He was a leader in the you know in the locker room. Uh, he was one of the the guys who other guys would gravitate around, and it seemed like a nothing. But this is I'm always going to remember this about Jason. I can't remember which player was injured. It might've been Keaton Slovis, but the camera, the TV camera had caught Jason walking by and he was doing one of these things, North, South, East, West. You know, if you're a religious person, you know that he was offering his prayer, his blessing, hoping that uh, whomever was hurt would heal quickly, but it was just the timing of it as he walked by. It was just so nonchalant, but that's who Jason was. I'm going to miss him. So, Here's the thing, though. On the same J, on the same day that uh, that J. Rod retires, USC filled his experience void with Ethan White, who announced the interior offensive lineman from Florida. He is now committed to USC. He's joining his, well, I guess his current teammate, his former teammate at Florida, Michael Tarquin. Those two offensive linemen are now Trojans. So here's the sixty-four thousand dollar question. Why does a guy like Ethan White transfer from Florida? I guess the same question could apply to Michael Tarquin as well. Both of them have one year left of eligibility. It can't be for playing time. Both were playing a lot for Florida. Both were all SEC selections. As far as Ethan White is concerned, you know, in 2019 as a freshman, he appeared in six games. He got his first career start in November. In 2020, his sophomore year, he appeared in four games um, before he he went out with an injury, missing the rest of the season. As a junior in 2021, started the first seven games and appeared in eight total. And then last year, as I mentioned, he started all 13 games at left guard. And he was an all-SEC selection. So we know he's at least decent, right? (laughs) He's pretty good. Uh, look, I know the Florida program is in a weird place right now, uh, with recruits and who are at least trying to figure out you know, where their uh, nil, de- whether or not their nil deals are legitimate. Uh, so maybe the answer is what I touched on on yesterday's episode of Locked On USC: nil shopping. Let's just be honest. Let's just throw it out there. Both he and Tarquin, one year left. Florida's program, not exactly trending up. USC's program, definitely trending up. Best player in college football they would be blocking for. And we know that they're not going to be blocking for Jaden Rashad over there in Florida in 2023. So, once again, his teammate is committed to USC for one year. Now you have two former SEC caliber offensive linemen who are going to be competing. For playing time, starting time. Uh, Jason did what was important for him at this point of, in his life, totally understandable. But And now that you have two grad transfers committed to USC, uh, is that going to force the hand of any other Trojans who were maybe considering hitting the transfer portal? I mean, they've been waiting around for their chance to play, competing obviously, but let's be honest here. The general rule of thought is is this. These types of players, and I'm talking about starters at other programs, and let's just narrow it down to SEC programs. They're not transferring unless, you know, um, they have some kind of guarantee, whether that's a, an NIL package, which, yes, they're, they're, look, I'm sure that played a role. Uh, in the decision to come. And and I've heard some rumors. If they're true, all I can say is not a bad year, not a bad one-year deal uh, to live in L.A. and play, you know, as well as play for the chance to make the playoffs. Um, but again, the general rule is these types of players aren't transferring across the country for one year without reasonable insur- assurances that they're going to be playing, starting. So again, we're going to see what happens with the existing offensive line room. USC needs to replace Andrew Voorhees and Brett Nealon and Bobby Haskins. That's a lot of experience. They have a lot of experience returning, but this is a sign that Lincoln Riley and Josh Henson, they are trying to supplement what they inherited. So we'll see uh, how this all plays out in the spring. Doesn't matter where transfers come from. That's coming up in the next segment. We're going to talk about that. But right now, we're going to talk about FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers you can join today to get started with $150 in free bets. Okay, that's guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to player prop bets. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Check that out. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. Again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. I need to make sure you're going to check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you're going to hear it from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So USC and Lincoln-Riley have been hitting the transfer portal hard since they arrived. I mean, they have been hammering that bad boy like a boss. Uh, Last year, in 2022, they brought in 26 transfers. So far, in 2023, they're already in double digits, and uh, more are anticipated. Definitely by the time uh, the team is getting ready for their summer PRPs, player-run practices. Never forget that term. That's when the players are out there getting familiar with each other, throwing the ball around, creating chemistry. So, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and we were talking about the players who have recently committed. This person, he wasn't knocking the players uh, that were coming, although uh, he did point out that they were you know, at least some of these players, We're coming from programs that aren't considered winning programs, or at least trending in the same direction that USC is trending right now. And that got me thinking, does it make a difference whether or not Ethan White or Michael Tarquin are coming from a program headed in the opposite direction that USC is trending? As I mentioned in the first segment, Florida is kind of in a weird space right now. Um, Shane Lee, Caleb Williams, Travis Dye, Austin Jones, Bobby Haskins, Mikai Blackman. All those guys came to USC last year via the transfer portal. Every single one of them made an impact. And each one of them came from a from a program that had varying degrees of success. I think that's a fair statement. Obviously, Shane Lee comes from Nick Saban's program that knows what it takes to win championships. Caleb Williams, not said. Travis Dye uh, had, knows what it was like to be successful playing for Oregon. Much more successful than USC. Again, I can break it down for each of these players, but the point being, does it make a difference? If you're trying to build you know, a winning culture, Do you want players who are still learning how to win? I mean, are they more hungry than guys who know what it takes to win? Obviously, you want to balance between the two. Uh, You know, there's been some great players in, in high school who play on some, you know, really bad teams. There's just times where you're just the big fish in a small bowl. You might, you know, be in a small community and you just don't have a lot of talent. In that area to pull from, but you're a stud. Happens all the time in in high school. Those guys get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to recruiting. Nowadays, if you're good and you want to, you know, you, you kind of you you just want to play with guys who are at least at the same caliber that you are. You perceive them at the same caliber. You want to play with other good players. I mean, here's a perfect time as a side note: Jason Mitchell, his father played at USC wide receiver. Well, he's got a very talented son who's been playing over at Gardena Serra. He just announced uh, in the last couple of days that he's transferring to St. John Bosco. That's great for Bosco, but it just shows, you know, kind of, it kind of shows how far off Sarah's program um, has kind of slid. Think about the days. This wasn't that long ago. The days of Robert Woods, Marquis Lee, Adoree Jackson. All those guys played at Sarah. That was the the school to be at in L.A. Scott Altenberg's program is having a hard time keeping talent, and so that's it's not a good thing for them. But it goes back to my point. You know, do you want to be the best player on a mediocre team, or do you want to be a really good player on a team full of really good players. Well, that's the direction. Um, It's not just happening in high school. It's starting to happen in college now as well. So if you're a young player, you know, again, do you, do young players, do they want to play for a program that's slipping into, you know, obscurity? I don't, I don't want to say Sarah's there yet. But as each year goes by, you hear less and less about them. USC's not recruiting them as hard. That should be a sign, right? What does that say about the, uh, the future of the mid-tier programs in, in college? Or even one-strong programs? Think about it. USC, they were a right program to be plucked through the transfer portal had they had another year That followed four and eight similarly. Had they had a similar year to four and eight, six and six, seven and five, I guarantee players would have been bolting for greener pastures. That's how important it was to get Lincoln Riley. USC was about to hemorrhage really bad. We know the transfer portal is available for those guys. So, Um, if you're playing it, you know, if you're a good player and you're playing on a program that you might not, you know, have a chance to make the playoffs or play in a major bowl game or whatever, um, you now have the transfer portal and NIL to kind of use as a little bit of leverage, put in your back pocket, shop yourself around, so to speak. So what it it really comes down to is making sure that wherever um, the player comes from, doesn't matter if it's a winning program or a program that's not winning as much as maybe uh, the Alabamas or the Ohio States of the world. Um, you, there's going to be luggage with a, whatever player comes. There, you just have to know that there's going to be some things you're going to have to to find a place for. I guess is the best way to put it. So I don't think it really makes a difference in one way or another. Although, I will say this. I'll just end it on this. I was always told that, you know, if you want to be successful, you should probably associate yourself with people who have already achieved success. So, again, that's going to be a major motivating factor when you see players jumping in the transfer portal, especially guys who have one year left. They want to know what it feels like to be successful, and they're going to they're going to attach themselves to places that have players like Caleb Williams playing quarterback or Lincoln Riley as their head coach. That's why Nick Saban does so well with recruiting. This is where USC is trying to get. This is where George is at right now. USC has taken the first step on the ladder. They're not that far away. Everyone knows fix the defense, get the special teams working the way you want it to work, even if you don't want to hire a full-time special teams coach. Um, USC is heading in the right direction, and they're going to be a destination more than a launching point. Remember, I I mentioned this uh, on one of the episodes of Locked on USC last week. By the time we're done with the 2023 season. Ninety percent of the roster that Lincoln Riley inherited will have moved on, or will be moved on, moving on. So here it is. Speaking of here it is, this is what NIL can do for you, and a Heisman Trophy doesn't hurt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, having one of those. On the mantle, opens up some doors, some opportunities. But when you're one of the top celebrities in the city, Los Angeles, to do some fun extra stuff, <clears throat> including waving the starters flag for a NASCAR race that's going to be taking place at the LA Coliseum in a couple weeks. Yes, USC quarterback Caleb Williams is going to, uh, he's been named the honorary starter for the Bush Light Clash at the LA Coliseum Sunday, February 5th. Oh, by the way, if you're into this also, Cypress Hill and Wiz Khalifa, they're going to be the entertainment when the cars aren't making a left turn all day long. Yeah, um, I've never been a fan of racing. I just, I've never seen the appeal of Coors Light or whatever your adult beverage is and fast cars just trying to avoid smashing up against each other, making a left turn for two, three, four, five hours, however long it takes. I just don't understand the attraction. Apparently a lot of people do because it's a really, really popular sport that gets some of the largest crowds uh, of any sporting events in the country. They must be doing something right. I just not for me. Like I said, it's it's huge though, and um, a lot of people like it. Hundreds of thousands of people go to Daytona and in Indianapolis every single year. And look for Caleb. It's all this is really. Maybe he likes NASCAR. I don't know. But what it is, it's more exposure to those um, who like racing, but might, maybe they're not so much a college football fan. Hard to believe, huh? Although I'm pretty confident uh, those two, those two sports, football, college football, NASCAR racing, pretty sure they're some they're distant cousins somewhere down the line. Uh, especially considering the passion that. Both sports are ha- er, uh, have in the south in the southern part of the country. Just saying, NASCAR racing, football. It is in the south. It's a way of life. In no particular order, it's faith, family, football, and sometimes it's football, family, faith, and then they slide race car driving NASCAR in there. I'll uh, refrain from from calling it something else. So, like I said, um, even in L.A., NIL opportunities, they just transcend into different driving lanes. Here you have Caleb Williams. He can go you know, do whatever he wants, and now he is going to be waving the green flag for a NASCAR race at the Coliseum. Life is good. It's good to be the king, right? Uh, which reminds me, since uh, we're talking about NIL, I'll be heading back to LA later this week. I gotta head on over to uh, Slabs Barbecue. That's uh, Malachi Malachi Nelson's uh, NIL gig. You might not, if you haven't remembered, he's gonna be the spokesman for uh, for that barbecue establishment. It's really good, and I could use some slabs right now. I'm kind of hungry. All right again i'm out of here that's, that's this episode of locked on usc but again before i get out of here don't forget to check out locked on college basketball all the inside information you need players experts insiders coaches go check it out youtube or wherever you get your podcast and then when you're done making locked on usc your first listen you know head on over to wrc.com Since I was talking about racing, I guess we're in the bell lap (laughs) as uh, we we approach the finish for recruiting. And with that, you got to head on over there because Scott Schrader, Eric McKinney, they got you covered with recruiting. There's always something breaking. All right. That's another episode in the books. I want to thank everyone for coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. Until I see you on our next episode, you know what to do.